0: A FOCUS SUMMARY OF CHAPTERS 1 AND 2 OF FRANKENSTEIN In Chapter 1, Walton's letters have ended, and the stranger's story has begun. I'll refer to him as the Stranger, until he's given a name, although I suspect some of you might know what it is. The Stranger is Genovese by birth. There, his father filled many roles in public affairs with honor and integrity— and his devotion to these duties meant he did not marry until late in life. The story of his father's marriage, the stranger says, reveals the essence of the man's character. A dear friend of his, a man named Beaufort, had fallen into poverty. Unable to bear the disgrace, Beaufort took his daughter and left his native country. The stranger's father, grieved by the false pride that prompted Beaufort to abandon their friendship— went in search of him, so that he could offer his assistance and persuade him to return. Ten months later, he finally found Beaufort's new home, but there he was welcomed only by misery and despair. After a few months in the new country, Beaufort had sunk into a deep grief that took hold of his mind and left him incapable of exertion. His daughter Carolyn took what work she could and tended her father with care, but he grew worse and in the tenth month, died in her arms. Caroline was weeping by Beaufort's coffin when the stranger's father entered their abode. He conducted Caroline to Geneva, placed her under the care of a relation, and two years later they were married. Inspired by reverence for Caroline's virtues and determined to recompense her for her sorrows, her husband doted on and worshipped her he gave up all his public responsibilities, and immediately upon their marriage took her on a tour of Italy, whose climate and wonders he hoped might restore her. The stranger recalls his childhood as one train of enjoyment. As much as his parents loved each other, they seemed still to have inexhaustible stores of love to bestow on him." Recalling her own suffering, his mother had made herself a guardian angel of the afflicted. One day, when he was about five years old, they visited the home of a poor peasant and his wife, who were struggling to feed five hungry children. Four of these were hardy and dark-eyed, and the fifth a thin, fair child, with blue eyes, golden hair, and an expression of sensibility and sweetness." Perceiving her visitor's admiration of the girl, the peasant woman explained that this child was the daughter of a Milanese nobleman whose wife had died on giving her birth, and who had therefore placed her in their care. He then went off to fight for his country, and whether killed or captured, never returned. With her husband's permission, Caroline persuaded the girl's guardians to let them adopt the fair creature— The stranger says that when his mother announced she had a gift for him and presented her golden-haired daughter, Elizabeth Lavenza, he took her words with childish literalness and forever after looked upon the girl as his own. They called each other cousin, but she was his more than sister and would be his only till death. He and Elizabeth grew up together in harmony. Their differences— She, with her gentle disposition and love for poetry and nature, he, with his intense ardor and thirst for knowledge, only drew them closer together. Elizabeth relished the magnificent appearances of things, while he felt a burning curiosity to divine their causes. After giving birth to a second son, his parents settled in Geneva, spending most of their time in the seclusion of a country home. From this isolation, he developed a tendency to avoid people in general, and attach himself in close bonds with only a few. His closest friend was Henry Clerval, a talented, enterprising, and spirited boy who loved to read, recite, and write tales of adventure. Reflecting on this time, he says that no one has passed a happier childhood than he, He and his siblings regarded his parents not as authorities ruling over them, but as the agents and creators of the many delights which they enjoyed. As a child, he had a passionate and vehement temper, which he turned with a single-minded focus toward learning the secrets of heaven and earth, to divining the outward substance of things and the mysterious soul of man." Clerval, meanwhile, occupied himself with understanding virtue, and fashioning himself into a gallant adventurer. Elizabeth was a spirit of love to soften and attract them both, subduing her cousin's ardor and roughness to her gentle kindness, and guiding Clerval to make beneficence the aim of his soaring ambition. These were the early days, after which the stranger was led to selfishness and misfortune. Step by insensible step, a passion arose in him which would come to rule his destiny and sweep away all his hopes and joys. First, there was the discovery of a book by the alchemist Cornelius Agrippa. Reading it, he felt as if a new light had dawned upon his mind. He says that his father, on learning of his enthusiasm, called the book trash. If, instead of this cursory remark, his father had explained the ways in which the modern methods of science had overthrown the ancient, he believes that he might have thrown Agrippa aside and averted ruin. Instead, he pursued his studies with more fervor, reading the works of other alchemists like Paracelsus and Albertus Magnus. These books satisfied his longing to penetrate the secrets of nature, while the modern philosophers seemed, by contrast, like mere children, picking up shells beside the great and unexplored ocean of truth. They could dissect and anatomize, but they could not speak in terms of final cause. It was thus that he found himself, in the 18th century, pursuing those ancient quests for the philosopher's stone, the elixir of life, and the means of raising ghosts and devils. Then, when he was fifteen, a strange event occurred— he witnessed a violent thunderstorm in which a streak of fire reduced a beautiful oak to a blasted stump. A natural philosopher who was staying with the family explained his theory of electricity and galvanism. This theory seemed to overthrow those of the alchemists, and the stranger's reaction at the time was to form a disdain for natural philosophy and to turn his attention to mathematics. Looking back, He sees this change of inclination and the gladness of soul that followed it, as having been prompted by some guardian angel, helping him to avert his dark fate. But it was ineffectual. The laws of destiny had already decreed his destruction."